This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week, I'm really excited to speak with David and Nadia, who are remote van lifers and also run a blog called Saying Yes Is, where they show how easy it is to say yes to a life full of adventures. David and Nadia decided to work remotely when they realized that they can take their work as designers and writers on the road. They took a leap to create a home in a vintage VW bus and have been able to work anywhere in the world. Listen on to find out how to travel the world as a full-time van lifer. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this interview with David and Nadia. Hey guys, how are you? We're great. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for joining us. So can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you both live an offbeat life? We're David and Nadia. A great example of how we live an offbeat life is we're currently in the middle of Germany in our 1969 VW bus, which we live in full time and have done for the past year. And prior to living in our bus full time, we have, I think it's five years in total, been traveling the world full time and remote working. How did you both meet? Oh, that's such a random story. I feel like I should let David tell it because he's so good at it. But essentially, <laughs> I was living in Norway. Um, I'd been headhunted by a, a company over there. I used to work in the tech industry. Yeah, you tell the rest. You're better at it. <laughs> okay. I guess to give a good background here, before I even started traveling full time, my friend who is living out in Egypt said, why don't you come to Egypt? And I was just like, yeah, sure. And then he said, uh, would you like to learn kiteboarding in Egypt? So this particular area of Egypt is famous for kiteboarding. And I was just like, yeah, that'd be great. He said, okay, cool. So my friend wants to teach you, but in order for him to be able to do that, he needs to fly out to Egypt. Can you pay for his flight? And he'll give you free kiteboarding lessons. And I said, yes. And to cut a long story short, he ended up becoming a great friend. And then when I started traveling full time, he was just like, ah, I'm living in Oslo, Norway right now. There's this event happening called Startup Weekend. This girl called Nadia is organizing it. You guys should meet her. And then literally a couple of weeks later, I flew to Norway and met Nadia. Well, that just shows you that traveling will allow you to find your mate, right? <laughs> How did you go from meeting each other to actually working remotely and living in a VW bus? Well, so it, it actually started because David got me kicked out of my apartment. Oh, no! Um, so I lived in this, like, all-girls collective. So there were, what, four of us girls all in this one apartment sharing it. It was great. But yeah, it was all girls. And apparently David was, was visiting too often. And so they kind of said, this isn't going to work out. And I was like, okay, I'm going then. I think it was like the next week that, yeah, I packed up my stuff. And we, I think we flew out to San Diego first to spend time with my second mom who lives out there. And yeah, just pretty much haven't stopped since then. Before you even wanted to start living in your van, how was that transition like? What was it that you did in order to be able to work remotely and do this lifestyle? 
when I was 19, I started this company. Uh, it was a design company. We designed apps, uh, web and mobile apps. And the concept why I started the company was pretty simple. I was working as a designer and I was an employee. And I thought, this is easy. Why don't I just start my own company? And then I get to pick what projects I work on. And it ended up being really successful and after about four or five years of owning the company I was just like why am I sitting at a desk doing a job that requires a laptop and wi-fi and then literally a couple of weeks later the movie Walter Mitty came out and then that pretty much was the decider to go remote and travel with my laptop and work on the road. Nadia were you also able to do remote work with your job or you had to find something completely new? No, exactly. So I could I could take my job remote. When we first met, I was a project manager, yeah, in the tech industry. And then yeah, being able to to write from anywhere I think is probably the probably the easiest job to have one that's traveling full time. I'm sure that your day right now is completely different when you had a home base, right? Can you run us through what your average day actually looks like now that you're living in your van and you have this incredible van life and you're traveling everywhere? This is probably one of our most asked questions. (laughs) And to be honest, every day is entirely different. Like some days we can wake up, I mean, it it usually starts with breakfast and coffee as pretty much anyone's morning does. Sometimes we can turn the key in the ignition and it doesn't start. And then our day is completely changed instantly. Or we can break down when we're driving somewhere else. Or we just get tired of driving and stop somewhere random that we didn't even plan to stop at. So I wouldn't say we have a typical day. But generally speaking, we get up reasonably early. We have breakfast. If we're somewhere we want to stay a couple of days, then we'll go explore, do some photography and do our work in the evening. If we wish to find somewhere new, um, then after breakfast, we just hop in the front seats and drive until we found somewhere that we want to stay for the night. That sounds idyllic, especially for people who want to keep traveling and do work at the same time. So for somebody who wants to do a van life and they want to live like you guys are doing and they have no experience of actually creating a home in their van, how would you suggest they start? I think the hardest part with our lifestyle is the remote work. Remote work when we were traveling kind of traditionally we would fly somewhere rent an airbnb that's dead easy because you have reliable wi-fi your car's not going to break down because you probably rented a new one from like hertz for me like my, my best piece of advice for like the van life and remote work would be to try remote work in the traditional sense first because van life is way harder if you let down your clients then you're not going to have any clients so Even like if the bus breaks down and we have work to do, the work comes first and fixing the bus comes second. Yeah, actually, that's a a good point. So at some point, pretty recently, um, the bus did break down and we ended up having to uh, pay to stay in a hotel for a couple of nights purely so that we could get our work done so we could meet deadlines. And so, so, yeah, you do have things that crop up like that. But yeah, going back to your question about people getting into van life, I would say absolutely try it out first so rent a camper and go on a month-long trip because this is definitely not a lifestyle for everyone we're actually staying at at my best friend's place in England I was showing her around it was the first time she saw the bus 
and I was saying, oh, do you think you could live in a space this small? And she was just like, no way. Um, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people could, but the people that can, the amount of freedom it brings you is incredible. It's like living in those tiny homes, right? There's a huge tiny home movement now all over the world. <laughs> I think I was 15 when I first saw the tiny homes, the ones that are like on wheels. And ever since then, that was my goal to get a tiny house. <laughs> and so it just went a step smaller and we ended up getting the bus. <laughs> well, it gives you, it does give you a lot of freedom, not just the mobility, but financial freedom that you wouldn't have if you had a mortgage or a huge payment for an apartment. And it gives you the best of both worlds where you can actually travel and you are not tied to something financially and you feel you have more freedom in that sense as well. Yeah, exactly. I think recently I was, I was chatting to another friend about how we'd stayed in, like we've been to Paris and we've been to Barcelona and recently we stayed in Oslo. Three very expensive places to visit. But for us, because we bring our house with us, it makes it much more affordable to be traveling to all these amazing places. You talked about how hard it is to actually find Wi-Fi when you're traveling around in your van. How do you stay productive and actually do the work when you're constantly traveling around and maybe sometimes not, there's not Wi-Fi? We actually have like a little Wi-Fi box that we have in the bus. Things are a little trickier for me because I'm a designer and I have to sync large files. Uh, sometimes it's just a case of syncing files like the next week, but getting the work done. But yeah, if, if there isn't Wi-Fi, then we tend to be like, oh crap, let's pass and drive a couple extra hours so we can find like a Starbucks or something that's reliable. Before you even started becoming a freelancer, what was something that you wished you knew before you started? Um, how easy it is, the benefits yep, <laughs> that it kind of provides. I, I think especially if what job isn't kind of digital these days, but the majority of jobs you would be surprised how easy they are to take remote and i think the whole freelance aspect just gives you a better work-life balance and at the end of the day i think it's more fulfilling as a role because you get to basically be your own boss and every penny you make is like for you and it just allows you to make that next step in kind of your career where you are in control of the entire thing. And what has been the best experience for you so far? Has there been anything surprising throughout this whole journey that you didn't think was even possible? That's a tricky one. Yeah. <laughs> I think the one thing that always comes to mind when people ask similar questions to that is, and we haven't touched on it here, but we were in Cape Town, South Africa when we purchased the bus, purchased it unseen. We had never done van life before, never been in a camper van, nothing like it. And we flew to England to pick up the bus, knowing that it looked cool. I mean, that much. <laughs> I think it's surprising how much we love it. It has become a home and I don't think anyone could make us sell this. Like this is with us forever, whether it's in one piece or a hundred, I guess. That, that's been super surprising, like how much we love this bus and how much of a home it feels like even though we don't really have a bathroom or a kitchen or much of anything. <laughs> if somebody wants to create their own home in the van, how much does it actually take to do this? It doesn't really take much. Like when you think, I mean, if I'm just looking around me, like we have a single gas hob with a tiny sink. We don't really use the sink. 
we have a fridge we don't really use that because no. we buy like fresh groceries every day and the only thing we use regularly is the bed and the driver's seat so all I would say is make sure your bed is really comfy and that it's not going to break down too often because it gets expensive. But I think the main thing that makes it feel so cosy is we have really good storage. It's like we have a specific wardrobe area, I guess, where we have all our clothes and then we have a separate area that's like our bathroom cabinet and then a separate pantry. And I think the fact that we have so many different storage areas so that it's easy to grab what you need. Um, I've seen some setups where you just have like a trunk or two trunks so you've got everything thrown in and then I feel as though it would feel like you're camping as opposed to yeah having a tiny home it's definitely living a minimal life but it has its ups and downs and you just have to make sure that you can be able to live like this and you're as you both have touched up before you have to try this out first before you actually invest your time and money into creating this yeah, it's, it's a challenging lifestyle. I mean, we were pretty adamant that it would work for us because, I mean, we've been remote working for like forever and we've been traveling forever and not always in the most comfortable ways. And then we just thought, make it more of an adventure. Like some travels become too easy. I think adventure needs to have some difficult aspects for it to be a proper adventure. Yeah, I like how you're saying that. Traveling on its own is easy. Now you need to to spice it up a little bit, right? Like it's like with any relationship. <laughs> what has been the biggest setback that you have both encountered and how do you usually handle them? The biggest setback we've had in the last year was I guess a couple months after we purchased the bus because the bus used to be more of like it would go to like shows to win prizes and stuff. So it's a very beautiful bus, but I don't think the, the engineering had been looked after too well. So within like the first couple months, we had like our suspension broke. We had an oil leak. We broke down on the highway in France and I had to rebuild the engine. That was crazy expensive. And literally it'd be like every couple of days, ah, oh, something else is broken. That's been like the biggest stress ever because that was like our first introduction to van life my first introduction into engines and obviously we just bought the van so we didn't have any money left over anyway so it was it was pretty crazy it's definitely thinking outside of the box and then learning also new skills i mean have you learned a lot on how to fix your van and even building a home from that you know you're like a carpenter a mechanic everything David has really amazed me actually with how great he is with the engine. Like he could fix any Volkswagen now. I'm super confident, like any of the old ones. For me, I can at least name some of the parts. So I'm impressed with that. <laughs> well, as long as you can name it, at least you know, right? And you know what it looks like. <laughs> and I can say, oh, that's a distributor and sound impressive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's your part. That's good, Nadia. <laughs> You have been traveling a lot. Both of you have been traveling a lot. And I'm sure you've talked to a lot of different people during your travels. What has been the worst advice that you have ever received? Everyone always has an opinion on where to go. Oh, yeah, always. But that's always a good thing because then you're adding to your list. I think the only thing that is popping into my head has nothing to do with travel. And that was just the advice all throughout childhood to go to university. I went for a week. It was fantastic. Um, 
it wasn't necessary in the end. And I think depending on your job, it isn't that necessary. I think experiences both in work and life have way more value than something like university. Something like a doctor or a surgeon, then you <laughs> please go learn that. What about you, Nadia? What has been the worst advice for you? I think actually when we were talking about getting the bus at first and we were telling friends and family, a lot of the older members of the family, they were like, no, you can't do that. There's no way that you guys can live 24-7 in such a small space. You're going to get sick of each other. And I remember thinking, oh, no, that's silly. But they were so adamant. They were really trying to push it. And yeah, we didn't, didn't listen to them, obviously. And I'm glad we didn't because it is way easier than I think even I imagined. Definitely, it's not hard to live in a small space. Yeah, I think a lot of the advice that we get is from other people's experiences. And we never really know if that's the truth unless we actually get in there and do it ourselves. So whatever it is, whether it's to go to universities, a lot of people shouldn't go to a university because it's just a waste of money. And a lot of people too, like they should because... you know, that's the best thing for them, but you have to figure that out yourself. And I don't think there's a really right or wrong way for anybody unless you figure that out yourself. It's really interesting how a lot of it is just based on that one person's experience and perspective as well. Yeah, I think it's always good to try everything. If it doesn't work out for you, like university didn't work out for me, that's fine. I think the whole trying it and realizing it wasn't for me and then starting my own business, like I don't know if I would have done it if I hadn't gone to university and figured out that it wasn't for me. I think that, that's probably one of the main pushes to which led to me being a remote worker traveling the world because I tried things and I didn't like them and the things I did try and liked, I'm still doing you knew the alternative either you create a business and make it work or you have to go back to school (laughs) pretty much pretty much (laughs) and that was not happening for you david (laughs) yeah but that also shows that you don't really need an education in school you can get so much education from just experiences and living outside and actually living your life and learning from everybody and what you're going through in life as well yeah i I think we probably have an endless list of sports which we have tried and succeeded at that we would never have tried before we both speak second languages now which i would never have thought would happen before and it's all because of travel And the whole learning to build an engine that happened because of travel randomly. The travel has taught us so many different things. And we try and just say yes to as many of these opportunities as possible. So David and Nadia, how were you able to create income at the start? And how do you continue to do that today? So I've been a designer since I was 16 maybe a little younger. I used to sell websites on eBay whilst I was simultaneously doing college. That's kind of old school. I'm still a designer today. Worked really hard to get to the top of the industry and in the essence of trying everything. Like I've worked in Silicon Valley. I've worked in London. um, And then I've done like remote work, which is obviously what ended up kind of being my passion in in the design uh, world. But Design has just always been the way that I have financed myself since I was a kid, basically. 
And what about you, Nadia? For me, I am a writer and I specialize in two specific areas. So I specialize in writing about equine and canine. Um, so it is, I, wrote, I write about horses and dogs, which is as much of a dream job as it sounds like. I literally get to sit there writing about ponies all day. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm very lucky, but I work very hard for it. And so I have clients that I've been working with for years and years, which makes it very easy as a freelancer when you, when you have clients that stay with you for so long. For me, I just, the best thing you can do if you're wanting to go remote, I think it's a really important thing to mention, is you can't just expect that it will be your dream job and you get to kind of do whatever you want from the get-go you know both David and I we worked so hard for years and years and we took on projects that maybe weren't the most fun but we got them done and we did a great job but I feel as though you know a lot of people see van life and they see people traveling full-time on Instagram and they assume that they can do whatever they want to do and not have to work hard for it. But I think it's really important to say that, you know, you, you really have to work hard, but if you're prepared to put in that work and be great at what you do and always meet deadlines and be fantastic with your clients, then you will be able to live a life like we do. But it takes that work first. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions from people, especially when you see life like yours and David, is that it just came naturally and easy because they only see what you've already accomplished. They didn't see all the sweat, blood, and tears that you put into it and the struggles that came with all of this and the responsibility that you also have to maintain what you're doing to be able to live a life that you really want to have. Yeah, I think in both of our industries, a lot of the work we produce is word of mouth. If we do good work for one client, they will refer us to another. And that's the most important thing to us is as long as we get the job done well, then they will refer us to someone else down the line in the future. Especially remote roles, everyone wants a remote job and they are very hard to get and to maintain because it's all a communication game. Like you could be the best designer in the world, but if you can't communicate, then you can't work remotely. So let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're both looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? The one thing we definitely both want to be remembered for is the fact we kept saying yes to the opportunities we were given when we tried as many different kind of sports, adventures, activities as we could. I think it's important to experience as much as possible in your life. And I think that is something that a lot of people don't do. Like it's easy to say no. I don't necessarily want to jump out of a helicopter at 4,000 feet and skydive, (laughs) but that's going to be something I remember for the rest of my life. So I'm going to say yes to it and then say yes to all the other stuff that perhaps your brain would otherwise say, yeah, let's pass. And what about you, Nadia? Oh, I think I just want to be remembered as being really weird. And I know <laughs> weird, but that's fine because it'll go with my theme. But no, I think, you know, I want people to just kind of laugh when they think about me and just like, oh yeah, she's always doing something crazy. You know, something that brings a smile to people's faces. So I think too many people are too serious. What is the point? Just do whatever you want to do. Who cares what other people think? Just be crazy. Yeah, we can't always be serious. There has to be a fun in our lives as well. <laughs> we should always not be serious. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to some fun questions. Some people like myself, I nerd out on interview inspiring people like you two. And hiking, what about you both? What do you nerd out on? 
Well, I guess I now nerd out on engines way too much. <laughs> I'm always looking at what new parts I can buy and what I can improve on the bus. So that's my biggest nerd out right now. I think for me, definitely horses. Like I'm always like, if I spot a horse, I just want to stop and look at the horse. I grew up riding and competing in equestrianism. So I'm, I still really love that, even though I don't have time to do it that much anymore. But also I would say tiny houses, <laughs> any <laughs> tiny dwelling, whether it's like a yurt or like a, a log cabin, I just absolutely love them. And whenever I stumble upon a picture of them, I have to show it to David, even though he's not as interested as me, but I insist on showing him. Having traveled to so many different places, what has been the most life-changing encounter with a person that has ever happened to you? The Nadia encounter has been a bit life-changing. I mean, she's still <laughs> here like five years later. And then I guess if I, wouldn't, if I didn't meet Jerry, I wouldn't have met Nadia. So Jerry's been pretty good too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been so many, like you remember so many different people for so many different things. Yeah. And the amount of friends we make on the road is amazing. Yeah, we can give him points for that, right, Nadia, for saying that you have been the person that's been the most incredible meeting for him. <laughs> <laughs> now the question is, is David for you? <laughs> um, sure. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's really nice to be able to find someone who is as adventurous as you are because you know before you have someone to go and do you know these crazy adventures with it is much more difficult but as soon as you have someone there kind of egging you on saying yeah let's do this it is so much easier and it's so much more fun definitely having someone who supports you and you have that similar interest and goals in life as well so that's really great that you guys were able to find each other in this huge world right <laughs> I guess our little story beats hometown loves, I think. Because it's just a random series of events that could have not happened, but they did. And we ended up in Oslo at the exact same time, at the exact same event. It was pretty cool. I like our story. <laughs> I do too. It's pretty awesome. Is there any question you wish people asked you more of? I think I wish people asked us more about what would we like to do and less about what we have done. Obviously with van life, the first question is, where do you shower and go to the bathroom? <laughs> if I could just not hear that one anymore, that would be great. Everyone is just very interested in what we've been doing and what we have done. And I think it's much more interesting to be asked about what we plan on doing next, because I think if more people asked us about that, then it would inspire us to do more as well. We need to, you know, not be so shy. I think a lot of people are, especially in Europe. So my mum is from New York, so she's American. And so she's very outgoing and chatty and happy to chat to anyone. And then in Europe, you get people who are kind of like, oh, no, you know, mustn't bother. But I think, you know, if people ask us, hey, we're going to this, why don't you guys come along? That would be loads of fun because we, we do obviously meet people like that. But I think it would be so much fun if every town we go to we get invited to like a family barbecue or <laughs> on a hike i just i think they're probably my favorite travel moments is when we meet you know really cool locals and we do something completely random with them if anyone sees our bus just say hi yeah <laughs> <laughs> invite you to dinner or to a hike or something that will definitely make your day i'm sure so what are you both currently working on that's really exciting to you uh, we are actually working, this is quite cool because it ties in quite nicely with today. 
today we just visited uh, the the Volkswagen factory where our bus was actually built back in 1969, which is weird. But our plan, because our bus, despite being built in Germany, was owned and is from California. And we love California. Nadia has family in California. So our current project is to ship the bus back to America, where we are actually going to track down all the previous owners of the bus drive the bus to see them, interview them, and then we're going to ask them, what road trips did you do with the bus? And then we are going to replicate their road trips ourselves in the bus. Oh my gosh, that's so much fun. (laughs) I want to follow in that journey because that's going to be really interesting. I wonder where they've gone with with your bus, right? I was going to say, it is in America, so you should just come along. Yes, I should. (laughs) Let's do it. Let me know. We'll all come along with you. (laughs) When it's warmed up a bit in Europe, we're going to head back to England, get some extended visas and ship the bus. Can't wait for all of this to happen, guys. This is really amazing that you're able to do this. So if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Instagram is the best place. That's at saying yes is. And then we also have our, our blog, which is going to be coming more of a project for us, which is saying yes dot is. Perfect. Thank you both so much. I really appreciate all of these incredible knowledge you gave us. And what a beautiful story you have. And I can't wait to follow along this new chapter and journey that you're going to have. So exciting. Oh, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with David and Nadia. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get their full interview where they share how to become a remote freelancer. Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.